America, my name is I'm Yosef Frimpong. I come to you live every Friday and you're watching The Black Athenian. Today I'm going to talk about selling aspiration. What does it mean to sell aspiration as opposed to like something I can eat? <laughs> Do you want to um, buy the aspiration? And I, you know, I, I suggested this last week when I told a story about my friend who used to work for a venture capital firm. And he was talking about the time his company was thinking about selling or uh, buying Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the company that allows you uh, that 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 says like if you use our product, you'll be able to learn a language, right? And he's and he was thinking about buying this company. And he asked the customer service people, uh, he asked uh, the executives over at Rosetta Stone, so what do you guys spend in, uh, in customer service? This looks low. He's like, yeah, we don't really need customer service. We don't, we don't have to have it. And, and he was asking, why don't you have to have customer service? He's like, look, people buy the box. They don't even open the box. They just buy the box. Like, um, and if they open the box, if it works, great, I guess. But if it doesn't work, they blame themselves. They don't blame us. They don't call us asking for their money back or saying the product is defective. No, 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 no. They blame themselves. And so we spend all our money, all our resources in marketing because what we do is we sell aspiration. We don't sell actually learning the language. We indulge and satisfy your urge that you aspire to. Uh, we validate your aspiration to to um, learn a language. Now, black people, we need assets and like houses and, um, and, you know, inheritances and, and supports for our kids, not the aspiration to have those things, the actual things, but the aspiration business is actually a, a rather lucrative business when it comes to black people, because a lot of people sell our aspirations, because if you can, if you can manage the people's aspirations, you can imagine, you can manage what they're willing to fight for. Um, so uh, you, you can imagine what they feel entitled to do, right? And if you can get them blaming themselves, you've won, right? So uh, think about what it means for, uh, for Rosetta Stone. This is Rosetta Stone. Got nothing to do with black people necessarily. But this is Rosetta Stone that admits that, like, no, we sell the aspiration to uh, um, learn a language. We don't actually sell the language. So who else is selling aspiration? Well, I heard tell that Candace Owens, I don't know if you guys know who Candace Owens is. Candace Owens, you know, very attractive sister. Um, you know, huge on the, um, all of the worst white people in my life love her. <laughs> all right, this is Candace Owens, right? So all of the worst white people in my life like all, all of the people I went to high school with who were like white supremacists, like, well, what about Candace Owens? She's very smart, you know? So these same people like uh, Thomas Sowell and, and um, uh, so yeah. So Candace Owens is uh, floated the idea of running for president. And let me tell you, if Candace Owens runs for president, she doesn't win, she doesn't have to win. She will get dynastically rich. She will get dynastically rich just for running because she is offering herself as the baseball bat for all of the worst white people in America to just bludgeon black people with. 
and um and and that's and that's the fact right because these people do not care about black uplift they care about the come up and the white people who will pay for her i mean these these people pay you know thousands of dollars for vacations you don't think they'll pay candace owens a thousand dollars just to have her like like laugh at black democrats and black working class people and just validate all of their concerns she'll go there and tell them well you know the problem is black fatherhood and the problem is liberals <laughs> and the problem is she'll tell she will tell them everything they want to hear and she'll do it with like no pores and perfect teeth and her hair you know right like so and she'll do it and she's very charming and and she can just point to uh democratic flecklessness with respect to black communities and she'll be right there too because the democrats haven't done anything for black people so they will pay to have her and just elevate her and they will pay her grandkids will be millionaires if she runs for president not that she has to win she just has to say what like she just has to run and say what they want her to say which she will and uh so it's, it's just fascinating and i say these are token wars because who do white liberals love for no apparent reason this is great. This is a time, um, another, you know, very attractive young woman, um, a, a poet, apparently, you know, I don't have the greatest head for poetry. I didn't think it was particularly good. Like I said, I don't have the greatest head for poetry, but you know, I like, I thought I liked good poetry. I, I thought this was kind of schlock, right? Like I could have, I know 12 hip hop artists who could have come up with better poetry than the schlock that, um, you know, but she gets the cover of Time magazine and she gets an interview with Michelle Obama. These are all people who white people pay to not have to secure black people justice, assets, good jobs, and fair wages. Right? So the conservatives pay Candace Owens and the liberals pay michelle gorman uh amanda gorman and michelle obama and honestly this was whole barack obama's entire shtick elect me and nothing has to change except you get to feel good and this is what he sold liberals elect me nothing has to change and you get to keep all of your things you just have to pay me <laughs> um and that was that was barack obama's whole shtick I, I am not a fan of that shtick. I think he should have been about the people and <laughs> not about his bank account, but he was very much about his bank account. And he told you he was about his bank account and you didn't listen or you didn't care or you thought, well, I guess he gets to be about his bank account because white people are about their bank account. So it's not the same. No, we needed him for us. And so Barack Obama was like, I think he, he got his bag and, um, you know, these two women are getting their bag all bought and paid for by people who would not donate to me, which is why if you want me to keep doing what I'm doing, which I think it's very important what I'm doing. I think, I, you know, I, I give a quality of cultural commentary that you don't hear every day uh, because like the liberals won't pay for me because they want Amanda Gorman and the conservatives don't pay for me because they want um, Candace Owens. So I need you, the people, 
go to my website, www.funkyacademic.com and kick in five, 15 or $50 a month because nobody is going to say that Amanda Gorman and um, Candace Owen and Michelle Barack Obama incite the same pleasures of, of, of cosplay or far racial justice as each other, right? Like Amanda Gorman's a liberal, the MSNBC version of Candace Owens. And Candace Owens is the Fox version of the Obamas. Um, they both just tell what the, they both say and will get fabulously rich saying what um, white people who do not care if your kid has the inadequate education or lead in their drinking water or any of that, um, like, or that you have an inheritance or a house or that you're secured justice or that your grandkids will do better than you. All like the white people who don't care about any of that support the Obamas, Candace Owen and Amanda Gorman. They don't support me, which is why you should. Cause I care if you get secured a good job at a fair wage as a matter of right, because you can't be free in the United States. You can't be free in these United States unless you're secured a good job at a fair wage. And you can't have any sort of meaning and dignity of your life. If that's all spent trying to like not make white people nervous about you so that you can keep your good job at a fair wage. That's no way to live your life. That's no way to teach your kids to live their lives. So you should be able to live in dignity and a stable community without kissing white ass. Um, and that's like, and, and for that to happen at the community level, you need to be able to just not, you need to call uh, Candace Owens what she is, and you need to call um, Amanda Go uh, Gorman, you know, a so-so poet, what she is. And you need to call Michelle Obama and the Obamas, Barack and Michelle Obama, what they are, which is indifferent to you. <laughs> they do not care. They think they're better than you. They think they deserve that much more than you, and they will treat you like it. You are just a troublesome Negro to them. Um, there is no we in that we, right? So the token wars between the Obamas and Candace Owens, where if they, if, if that's the arena in which we play, we're not, none of us win. None of us win. Um, but they want that to be the battle. Just like MSNBC uh, wants you know, QAnon to be a thing. I do not care about QAnon. I do not care. Um, uh, you know what? I'm going to set the, I should, I should hit the opening. I just got off. I, I started talking. I got, I got heated. All right, let me get to the opening. To the beach, oh. Black 
And we are back. I, you know, I know that looped a few times because I was actually getting um, a visual for an article I saw about, you know, one of my new favorite dudes because I actually think he might get it. Or I, like he, this is how to be a rich black guy. How to be a rich black guy, putting on a clinic on how to be a rich black guy. Who, who do you think I'm going to tell? Who's actually doing rich black guy well? No, it's not LeBron. He's doing rich black guy so-so. I don't think LeBron's a bad guy. I just don't think he knows enough and is surrounded by the right kind of people. Um, but it turns out that Ice Cube is doing rich black guy well. <laughs> uh, Ice Cube doesn't understand why the government can't print money to secure black people, to secure us racial justice for a debt owed. Um, because, like, you know, the only reason... People think that, well, you know, if we, if we give black people uh, money, won't that lead to hyperinflation? Or won't, what, what, what happens? What, happened? what happens to the dollar? Nothing happens to the dollar. What happens is we actually get to pay our cousins to actually come like do the deferred maintenance on our houses. We get to actually pay taxes. We might actually be able to buy and produce more. We're f fundamentally underproductive because we, like, we live in a capitalist system that denies us access to capital. So... What happens if you secure black people like assets is that the GDP goes up. We are productive in a way that America might not be ready for. We have ideas about things undercapitalized. I'm undercapitalized. What would I do with a marketing budget? Which is once again, why you should go to www.thefunkyacademic.com and, and kick in five, 15 or $50, you know, so I can have a marketing budget. But more importantly, Ice Cube is actually doing rich black guy well because he's actually saying like, no, government, I can't do it out of my charity. I am a rich black guy, but I cannot do it out of my charity. We need the government to secure people, our communities, and pay us our dues in terms of assets and reparations so that we can actually be productive in America as opposed to just the government acting as like, I don't know, the pimp that sells our labor and our bodies to the, both the prison and, uh, you know, Amazon, right? So, uh, Amazon with, with, with the people in the fulfillment centers, you know, breaking our backs. So in the, in the warehouses. So what I'm trying to say to you is that there are ways to be wealthy and black and not be a token that's used by your benefactors. And I think Ice Cube is actually doing a pretty good job, right? Because right now, the, the thing about what you have to understand about the U.S. government is that uh, they, like it's been used as an organ of propaganda so that the poor and the working class don't demand of it better, a job and better working conditions but the wealthy do demand of it like an infinite amount of cash. So they can't guarantee the poor a job, but they can guarantee like the wealthy entire companies. And de facto, since now the poor are, are, like, can't compete with entire companies, you end up having to work for the companies at the company's wages and working condition, right? So we have an industrial society, which is good. I like Amazon. I like industrial societies. That means I can click on things and you can click on things and you can see me and I can buy this microphone and every, I can eventually try to get, um, you know, equipment that works almost all of the time. However, 
if we're going to have an industrial society, which we should, that means that individuals can't compete with entire industries, which means that they're going to end up working for those industries as those industries grow. And if they're still going to be free while being a worker, they can't be a slave. They have to be an employee with uh, the right amount of bargaining power and wages and say in their working conditions, right? So it's okay to have an Amazon, but you can't pretend that black people, we can't like just kind of get our pennies together and compete with Jeff Bezos. No, that doesn't work like that. Like it, that's, not how, that's not how money moves in these United States. Uh, if you don't compete with Jeff Bezos, we'll end up working for Amazon. So either you give us uh, lots of Amazon stock, or if we're going to be working in those fulfillment centers, you need to be paying us $22 an hour. Right? So, and like we need to have say in our working conditions. Organize, say, in our working conditions. Right? So it needs to be an above subsistence wage, above a living wage, because we're not in this life to live. We're lived, we need to live well and live free. That means we need um, disposable income to, you know, tithe and give to the funky academic and start little clubs of our own because we want to. Um, so anybody talking about living wage, say $15 an hour, no, I need, my people need 22 and if you give us $22 an hour, you're not going to get inflation. What you'll get is more productivity and a lot of deferred maintenance that's done in our communities because we don't have the, the money to both work our $7 an hour job and like keep up with, you know, the house, right? So, or our $10 an hour job. So you'll get saved and you'll get, so as it stands, our savings rates, black savings rates are um, at most income levels. The, uh, the same or better than our white counterparts. We save better. They don't have to save. They can call an uncle when things go bad and they have different entitlements. So, um, but you can't make money saving in the United States. You make money by investing and you need money to invest. Like you need money by, uh, and so we need to be secured. If we're going to be economic, if we're going to be politically free. We need to be economically secure. And the only way to be economically secure is to have something like a secure job or like lots of assets. And the secure job is, I think, the right of an American. Since it's not 1860, we can't just give away the Indians' land. That's how Lincoln promised economic security to the people. He's just like, oh, Homestead Acts. Can't be free without economic security. Here, have some land. We don't, we're not giving away land anymore. So we need jobs. So, we're not, we're in, um, so you need something like a federal job guarantee. And it needs to be above subsistence wage. Because you can't compete with Amazon. Um, as like an individual entrepreneur, you need to use, use uh, the fact that they need workers and actually secure good, good working conditions. And if the government is securing the wealthy while still denying resources like jobs to the poor, if they're, if they're, if they're securing the business interests of the wealthy while denying the um, labor conditions of the poor, that means they're pretty much they're the sous chef or the pimp or whatever for the wealthy. They prepare workers to go work for like, you know, people who really want to run the United States. And that's not appropriate. Um, I do not want my government to pit me out to, to Walmart at $10 an hour. That's not, and my whole people out to Walmart for, for $10, $11 an hour. And no saying their working conditions, which means they can call you and say like, store's busy. So, you know, you got about a half hour to get here. <laughs> um, by the way, that is one of Walmart's things, apparently. They'll schedule you for all these times, and then they'll call you in when they need you. I don't know if that's, yeah, that's not freedom. Whatever that is, it's, that's not what a free society looks like. 
So the token wars, I think it's it's very important when don't let the liberals pick don't let the liberals pick their tokens and set you against um uh the conservatives token blacks because in that war none of whoever wins this it's not going to be us <laughs> it'll be them uh it'll it'll it's not going to be us as a people it's not going to be the people nobody here in this picture is going to die or live for the people Do not confuse these women with Sister Soldier. I did see the Fred Hampton movie, Judas and the Black Messiah. You should go see it. I'm thinking about doing a whole show on it. First of all, I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll think of other thoughts over the week. I'll do next week's show on it. Uh, I will say it is a movie about O'Neill, the snitch, which I think is appropriate, right? Because I think it's, I think it's appropriate that the movie is about O'Neill, the snitch, because it shows a few things, right? Uh, where you need a way to get into the world. And getting into the, and, and usually they take a character who doesn't really have anything in their mind in order to get through the world. But nobody's going to be, nobody's going to walk into that movie neutral about the Black Panthers. I mean, we forget that the most black people are not particularly militant. They might be progressive, but they're also scared of white people. So they're not going to be particularly militant and they're going to be a little bit scared. And that's that's where it is and so they're going to be skeptical of organizations like the black panthers and they've been groomed to be skeptical of organizations like the black panthers so i think uh putting the audience like having a snitch be the character through which we see the black panthers is actually an appropriate cipher because he has all of the same skepticism that most black people have about the black panthers right and um also, I think the movie did gender particularly well, which means that it wasn't anti-black male, which is actually hard to do in, in Hollywood to show like black masculine men, but not do it in a way that, that says, well, that we behave like white men. We don't. That's just not true. So like it actually had good gender relations of like, you know, black men being black men and black women being black women. And like us getting along in ways that you don't see in, in white America because like we're not patriarchs. We're, we're, we're black men and women. There's a, a difference. I've done shows on this. Anyone who, um, so I like, I appreciate that. I also appreciate, uh, you know, yeah, it was, it was told from the point of view of a snitch and it, but a snitch who was ill prepared, who was just overwhelmed with white power right which i think is appropriate because you know we're groomed to be overwhelmed by white power i mean these people it's like i don't i know you don't consider um you know amanda gorman and 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 candace owen snitches but like they're snitches they're, they're, there's nothing they have more in common with o'neill than either of them have with Fred Hampton, right? So my bar for the movie was, is this the Malcolm X, the Spike Lee's Malcolm X of this generation? Is it actually going to like provide a quality of conversations and like enlightenment that, that, that Malcolm X is? Is it going to tell the truth about white people? And, and I think it, it, 
Good enough. You should go see it. I'll talk. I'll do the whole show about it next week. But go see Judas and the and the and the and the Black Messiah, um, and go see it with like with this in mind. Yeah, go see it with with this in mind. You'll learn a good sense, and it, and it kind of human, and it contextualizes the struggle of the Black Panthers in a way I think that that is absolutely appropriate. And no, it doesn't do justice to Fred Hampton because Fred Hampton is like his own man. I mean, he's, he's such a, he had such a rich intellect and such a way about him. And it was so effective. And it really pits the Black Panthers against the police in a way that I think even Fred Hampton would be, a, would have a problem with because, you know, Hampton was trying to overthrow capitalism and secure like power for the people. Um, and the police are like the, the apparitics, the, 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 the guns, and the boots of those who want to keep a slave. But the goal isn't to get rid of the police as much as the goal is to get rid of the system that's very comfortable with so many disposable people. That's us. So you empower the people, not by getting rid of the police, you empower the people by like securing them, uh, you know, dignity and a valued place in society that's secure without having to kiss any white ass. You're not having to kiss any police ass. You're not having to kiss any um, white boss's ass. And by the way, the way I can do that is if you go to www.thefunkyacademic.com and kick in $5.15 or $50 a month, and I can keep doing what I do in a way that will clarify the struggle. Because, you know, I help you. (laughs) I give you the arguments that then you go out and like, you know, you tell other people, and we clarify the struggle because the, the, the big war in America is the war on the black mind. And that's one thing you get from Hampton. And, you know, Malcolm X too. Like, that's, like, he was actually trying to, you have to work on minds. How you work on minds, that's, that's a puzzle. You don't, you don't necessarily do it through nonviolence either. But, um, yeah, how you work, and that's why you need me because if you don't need me you'll get one of these people telling you about the black struggle and nobody on either side of this picture is going to clarify the struggle for your kids and it's going to confuse them so thank you for your time next week i'll do the whole show on judas and the black and the black messiah go and see the movie I, you know, I woke up this early this morning before the kids were awake and it was still dark outside because I wanted to see it. And uh, we're going to do a whole show on it. You should see it too. That's your homework. All right, peace.